spooky friends, welcome to another week of Creepy Tales. In this week's episode, we will be speaking about superstitions and omens. First up on the list are black feathered creatures. Crows and magpies have a long history of superstitions. Magpies are respected and many people salute them while passing to ward off bad luck. Magpies are extremely intelligent birds and regarded as thieves in some European folklore. The song for magpies goes, one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret never to be told. The song goes on for 12 lyrics. The first one talks about an unhappy event, a change for the worse, maybe a loss or a death. The second, a joyous surprise and a change for the better sometimes finding something that was lost. The third speaks about a marriage or a celebration. Maybe it's a birth of a daughter. The fourth is another birth, but this time the birth of a son. Silver sings of a costly transaction on fortitude. Six sings of wealth and oftentimes greed. Seven sings on witchcraft or some spiritual nature, one of karma or sacred rites. Now, let's move on to the crow and the raven, my absolute favorite birds. The crow represents the trickster. This bird lets you know that things are ever-changing and to continue with challenges that are at hand. Are you finding an imbalance in your life? Listen clearly to the crow call. Are you undergoing a transformation? The crow could be entering your life to let you know that you are manifesting all that you desire. For all the creative souls out there, are you connecting to that deep side of yourself? The crow may be telling you that you have an incredible ability of insight and to let your authentic power shine. Once again, the crow calls on an imbalance in your life. Listen to its call. What is it saying in your waking hour and dreams? The crow has an ability of prophetic insights. Make sure you are grounded and are not too involved with flights of fancy or that you're involved with frivolous pursuits. Lastly, the crow represents tenacity and persistence, and it shows you that your sheer will could bring you the positivity in your future. Be aware. Listen to the synchronicity around you. The crow is beckoning your gift of clairvoyance, which we all possess. The crow is beckoning you to use your gift, take flight, and follow your dreams. Have you forgotten about the lovely magpie? No, of course you haven't. We are not finished with the birds in this story. Magpies are not afraid of humans. Their ability of courage is stupendous. They always remain in high alert. When people see a magpie in real life or in dreams, it's a vision of channeling the courageous qualities within. You are keen to not get foolishly involved in situations that could harm you or your loved ones. Magpies are known for their bravery and will defend their enemy to their death. The confidence of these birds borders on arrogance. If you see this bird in a dream or premonition, it tells you to tone down your need for excess. Isn't it precarious that King Henry VIII, with his excess ego, ate a pie made of birds, and yet his very downfall was his own ego? Makes you think... Our next winged creature has gotten a really bad rap, especially these days. 
and that is the bat. But bats are amazing creatures that eat up thousands of insects in one evening, and they are excellent pollinators. Bats pollinate plants when they fly around, and they help distribute seeds. Their droppings are called guano, and it is used as a fertilizer. You see, most bats aren't these blood-sucking creatures of the night. People think most bats are vampiric, but actually many of them are omnivorous. They like to eat a balanced diet of insects and fruits. And more interesting is that bats have developed immunity to many viruses that plague mammals, which makes them super animals. Let's move on to our creepy crawler friends. The next up is spiders, another favorite. Spiders are scary, and many people think they are linked to bad luck, but in actuality, they are associated with good luck. The Linifidae family of tiny spiders are known for their popularity as money spiders. When people see these, it's believed that they will come across a great sum of money. In an English proverb, if a spider crawls across your palm, you will soon come into the company of money. Spiders are associated with wealth because they work diligently in the webs, which bring them rewards. This industrious work ethic means the spider is traditionally symbolized as good health, wealth, and cleanliness. Spiders are respected in many cultures. Many are a sign of good luck and abundance. Additionally, finding your initials on a spider web means you will have good luck forever. It's said that all your plans will come to fruition and whatever obstacles you have in your way will be dissolved. You know what is another good sign of fortune? Snakes. If you meet up with a snake, it means something or someone important is coming into your life. Never ever try to harm or kill a snake when confronted with one. The more poisonous the snake, the more good fortune you'll have. The king cobra is described as a snake of extreme good fortune. Whatever you do, never kill a snake as they are also associated with some spiritual presence. They usually slither away themselves when they sense human presence. And now, I've saved for you the very best for last. This is the most notorious, well-known animal around the Halloween holidays and is based around spooky superstitions. Over the centuries, this dark furry friend has endured negative stigma blanketed in fear. Medieval folklore has painted cats as witches in disguise. Black cats have long been associated with witches and witchcraft. It is said that their story began when a villager saw a black cat run into a witch's home. During the Middle Ages, black cats became equated with black magic. Roaming nocturnal black cats were thought to be witches in disguise, witches' pets, or animal-shaped demons sent by witches to spy on humans. During the Salem witch trials in Massachusetts, unfortunately, black cats were killed along with those who were considered witches. This is why black cats have evolved into icons related to witchcraft, especially during the Halloween season. This fear of black cats appears to stem from medieval times, when an animal with dark feathers or fur signaled death. In 16th century Italy, it was believed that death was imminent if a black cat would lay on someone's sickbed. In modern-day North America, negative connotations continue to haunt black cats. It is considered bad luck if a black cat crosses your path, and good luck if a white cat crosses your path.
Another family member is about to die if you spot a black cat during a funeral procession. It's a bad omen if you see a black cat walking away from you. On the same note, black cats are also regarded as good luck. Egyptians had high respect for cats because they resembled the cat-headed Egyptian goddess of home, protection, and fertility. This goddess has been known as Bastet. Similarly, if a cat walks towards you, it means good luck, and dreaming of one brings you even more good luck. At the end of the day, cats are just that, cats. They are beautiful black creatures that may cross your path sometime in your life. Perhaps one of these felines will become part of your home, or you'll know someone who has one. It is known that black cats are the least adopted cat because of the negative lore and perceptions that have surrounded them through centuries. But their black color has nothing to do with being evil or black magic. Actually, the black gene is the most dominant among cats, and that's why they are so common and the most common color you'll see. Perhaps one day you'll invite one of these lovely creatures into your heart and home because their love is nothing but pure magic. Now, the next topic coming up might just make you feel like you're seeing double. The mythology of spirit doubles can be traced back to thousands of years and was present in many cultures of the past, holding a prominent place in ancient legends, stories, artwork, and various books. Perhaps the most well-known reference to spirit doubles or alter egos is the doppelganger, a word still used today to refer to a person that is physically or behaviorally similar to another person. Doppelganger is a German word that means a double-goer, and refers to an apparition that is a replica of a living person. They were generally considered omens of bad luck or even signs of impending death. If a doppelganger was seen by a person's friend or relative, it has been said to signify that the person will fall ill or be in immediate danger. Some doppelganger instances suggest that the evil twin would offer advice to its twin but that information would be misleading or malicious in nature. They might also attempt to plant sinister ideas in their victim's mind or cause them confusion. It's advised to avoid communicating with their own doppelganger at all costs. In ancient Egyptian mythology, a ka was known as a tangible spirit double, one that would have the same memories and feelings as their twin counterpart. In one Greek mythology tale called The Greek Princess, a call of Helen was used to mislead Paris of Troy. This was claimed to stop the Trojan War. In Norse folklore, a spirit double is called a Vardogar. The ghostly being preceded their living counterparts while taking their place in life and performing various activities. The spirit with the subject's footsteps, voice, scent, or appearance, and overall demeanor, precedes them in a location or activity, resulting in witnesses believing they've seen or heard the actual person before the person physically arrives. This bears a subtle difference from a doppelganger, with a less sinister connotation. In Scotland, 
The Orkney Islands people have feared small fairy-like creatures called trolls. According to legend, trolls give birth to children who are inclined to be sick. Pregnant women were carefully guarded from the trolls, who would often steal healthy human babies and replace them with their own children. These children became known as changelings. These changelings would turn into exact replicas of the stolen children. Even more creepier is a Native American folklore. This tale is one of dualistic twins. It's a Hopi legend and it refers to twins who were called the child of the sun and the child of the water. The Hopi believe in duality between the upper world and the underworld. That whatever is happening in the upper world is opposite happening in the underworld. Can we say creepy? While doppelganger cases are said to be works of fiction, there are a number of real-life cases in which individuals claim to have met their sinister double. Among the most noteworthy is Abraham Lincoln's experience, as chronicled by Noah Brooks in his book, Washington in Lincoln's Time, from 1895. After Lincoln was elected in 1860, he arrived home one day and looked into the mirror where he saw himself reflected in a double. Lincoln noticed that all the images were nearly identical, except one was paler by five shades. His wife was worried and told Lincoln she believed the paleness of the half-dual image was a bad omen of his imminent death. Lincoln would serve his full term, but unfortunately would not live to finish his second. So where did the belief in spirit doubles come from, and is there any real truth to them? While many today still believe in the existence of a double self, some scientists believe the phenomena occurs based on injuries or stimulation to certain parts of their brain, which causes errors in spatial reasoning. Others believe it's the result of a vision, hallucination, or that we live in a parallel universe in which everything in this world is replicated in another dimension. Whatever the real truth behind doppelgangers, Belief in the spirit double has instilled both fear and wonder in people for thousands of years. Do you have some things sitting around the house? Well, those things might have special significance. Let's move on. a new home, don't bring along the broom used in your old home. Legend has it that an old broom will sweep away the good luck, and common sense dictates that using old cleaning tools could introduce pests and grime from your previous residence, so it may not be a bad idea to spring for a new broom, superstitions or not. If you are a practitioner of feng shui, broken clocks are an extremely bad sign in a household. They create a sense of clutter, and if there isn't a need for the clock to be repaired, then it should be cleared away. A broken clock that suddenly chimes can be an indication something grim is on its way. It's often said that opening it's often said that opening an umbrella indoors is bad luck. According to this superstition, which has its roots in Egyptian legends as well as Norse traditions, when you bring an item that protects your body from rain, you're insulting your home's guardian spirits by implying that their protection doesn't cut it. Whether it's bad luck or not is up for debate, 
but it's still worth being careful with an umbrella in the house. Watch out, you could poke an eye out with that thing. This superstition really does originate 5,000 years ago in ancient Egypt. A ladder leaning against a wall forms a triangle, and Egyptians regarded this shape as sacred just like the pyramids. To them, triangles represented the trinity of gods, and to pass through a triangle was to desecrate them. In Christianity, a ladder had rested against the crucifix. It became a symbol of wickedness, betrayal, and death. Walking under a ladder could cause misfortune, and in England during the 1600s, criminals were forced to walk under a ladder on their way to the gallows. You know what else is said to cause bad luck and negative energy? When you forget to water a plant and it dies of thirst. This is considered especially bad luck keeping it inside of your house. So make sure to give your little green friends what they need. Good old H2O. If you're using a rocking chair, no problem. But Irish legends say that an empty rocking chair invites evil spirits into your home. And if it's rocking on its own, look out. The evil spirits are already there. And death could be lying in the wait. Despite green being associated with the color of nature, the hue still has some unlucky connotations thanks to one inventor. In the United Kingdom and the United States, it is considered to be unlucky to have any walls painted green because Kara Wilhelm Scheele used a chemical called arsenic to attain this hue in the 1700s. It was used in wallpapers, paints, wax candles, and on some children's toys before the toxicity of the compound was discovered to be extremely dangerous. In Korea, it is well known that if one breaks a plate or a dish, they must immediately call their loved ones and inform them to be careful since the broken plate is a bad omen. What about a broken mirror? What do you see when you look in a mirror? In ancient Greece, they weren't only a means of checking your lipstick, but also portals to the soul. So you can imagine what an ill omen breaking one would be. It was the Romans, however, who gave us the idea of bringing seven years of bad luck. That was the amount of time they believed it took to renew a life, and about the same amount of time that it seems to take to get rid of tiny shards of glass. There is also superstition which claims that if it breaks into small shards, your bad luck will be smaller than if it breaks into larger pieces. Ideas about broken mirrors can be found around the world. Looking at your reflection in a broken mirror is considered bad luck in both Russia and India. Cunning ways of losing the bad luck include burning the shards under the light of the full moon or waiting seven hours before you touch it. Whatever you believe, just make sure to handle the fragile items with care. You may not get seven years bad luck, but you may get one nasty cut. This next superstition, you'll want to mark on your calendars. It's thought to be unlucky to hang a calendar up before the year begins, and it's also bad news to keep an old one hanging around. Even leaving a calendar open on the wrong date apparently signifies the passing of time, and if it's used wrongly, then it may end up being a negative addition in your house. 
Now, what about Friday the 13th or 13 just in general? Tuesday the 13th is the ominous date for Greek history as Constantinople fell on this specific date. The fall of Constantinople on Tuesday, April 13th, 1204 to the Fourth Crusade was a bleak day for Hellenism. Greeks also dislike Tuesday because in Greek, Tuesday is tritty, which means third. And since bad luck incidents come in threes, there's not much to like about Tuesdays. Furthermore, according to astrology, Tuesdays are dominated by Mars, the belligerent god of war. Why else would 13 be so highly in light? Well, in Christianity, there were 13 people at the Last Supper. Tradition has held that the possible last seat was held for Judas. And some people believe that the Last Supper occurred on the 13th. Also, the 13th chapter of the Revelation speaks of the coming of the Christ. According to popular lore, there are 13 steps leading up to the gallows. Gallows actually vary widely, but even then, the number was often brought up to 13. Then there was the Knights of Templar, who were widely believed to be protecting the Holy Grail, the cup Jesus drank from at the Last Supper, as well as other holy objects. But after French King Philip IV lost a war with England and became heavily in debt to the Knights, he conspired with Pope Clement V to have all members of the Knights Templar arrested, charged with Satanism and other crimes, and massacred. The roundup of the Knights Templar began on Friday, October 13, 1307. Aside from religious beliefs, what's up with the number 13th floor in hotels? Next time you're in a hotel elevator, try to find the button for the 13th floor. There's a good chance that you won't be able to. Sounds nuts? And, while the practice of removing the 13th floor may seem a bit drastic, it can be partly attributed to a very real phobia. Specifically, Triskaidekaphobia, which is an extreme suspicion of the number 13. By removing the 13th floor, many hotel owners are simply making sure they do not alienate any superstitious clients. Not everyone believes that number 13 is unlucky. In Thailand, New Year's is celebrated on the 13th of April. It is considered an auspicious day when all the bad omens are washed away by splashing water on people. In Hindu, the 13th day is dedicated to Lord Shiva. The person who worships Lord Shiva on this day is blessed with wealth, happiness, and prosperity. Hence, 13th is considered one of the most fruitful days of the month according to Hindu beliefs. If we do not fall in line with Western views, then number 13 is nothing more than just a number and is actually considered very lucky, after all. If you want to be the popular one sharing a spooky story around a dark summer's night campfire, then you're going to want to listen to this next one. Our next subject is corpse lights. Most of these tales originate from 18th century wheels in Ireland. These were beliefs that these mysterious lights alluded to near future deaths. The appearance of these small faint lights was often said to be 
seen flickering just above the ground near the home of a person soon to die. The lights might also be spotted hovering over the place where a grave would be dug. In some cases, the person who saw the light would soon face an ill fate. A corpse candle or light is a flame or ball of light, often blue, that is seen to travel just above the ground on the route from the cemetery to the dying person's house and back again. In rural Wales, before industrialization, legend and folk tales quickly spread about the strange lights. People who saw them would testify the corpse candles invariably traveled in a straight line, taking the direct route from the home of the person who died to the burial site. The glow reportedly traversed over mountains, valleys, even rivers, and marshland. Occasionally, a corpse candle was said to be followed by a hollow skull. A corpse fire is very similar as the name comes from lights appearing specifically within graveyards, where it was believed that lights were an omen of death or coming tragedy, and would mark the route of a future funeral, from the victim's house to the graveyard, where it would vanish into the ground at the site of the burial. The appearance was often said to be the night before a death. Some accounts went as far to say the color and size differences between corpse candles indicated the gender and age of the person about to die. A large red light targeted an adult male, while a large white light suggested an adult female. Small blue lights pointed out to a young child or a youth, more intensely blue, an infant. And if two white orbs of varying sizes were seen floating side by side, it was anticipated that a woman and her unborn child were to die. In one tale, three men were tossed out of their small boat and drowned on the river near a small town in Carmarthenshire, Wales. Afterwards, news spread. Just a few days before, the passengers on a horse-drawn coach traveling the local road had seen three corpse candles hovering above the water at the exact spot where the three men drowned. Other natural occurrences that very well could contribute to the pre-natural sites include sighting of barn owls, which have luminescent eyes at night. Likewise, it's possible those who have observed corpse candles may have been witnessing the effect of methane gases produced by decomposing organic material found in swamps, marshlands, and bogs. Those lights flickering in the night may not be a car passing by, or an owl in the night sky. Perhaps it's an eerie reminder of our own mortality. Superstitions can provide reassurance and help to reduce anxiety in some people. But while this may be true, research has shown that actions associated with superstitions can also become self-reinforcing, meaning that that behavior develops into a habit and failure to perform the ritual can actually result in more anxiety. Even though the actual outcome of an event or situation is still dependent on known factors, Rather than unknown supernatural forces, a notion consistent with this quote is, the harder you work, the luckier you'll get. So the next time you break a mirror, see a black cat, 
or encounter the number 13. Don't worry too much about bad luck, as it most likely is just a trick of the mind. On the episode next week, I'm going to be telling you tales of famous urban legends. Urban legends refer to widely disseminated, unproven, and unusual stories, whom typically convey cautionary advisements or warnings. They often evoke strong emotional reactions such as horror, shock, revulsion, and humor. But how is it that we still buy these tales in the 21st century? Tune in next week to find out.